Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading in the red this morning following a bout of selling on Wall Street overnight. Seoul is the worst hit. The Kospi is trading down one and a quarter percent. Sydney is off one percent. Tokyo in the red as well. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Ryan, it's your favorite day. How's hump day going? <laughs> it is going well. So far, so good. How about you? All right. Feeling good. We're launching a new book this evening at National Library Board. At the 16th floor of the pod. Have you been there? No. Which book is this? Well, I wish I could say, but it's sort of under embargo until we launch it. I can say that it is a small book that packs a big punch. All right. I'll be looking out for it tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you do. And by the way, uh, I'm looking at your wrist. Are you a watch guy, Ryan? Uh, not as much as some of my friends. My watch has been with me for nearly 20 years. It's still going strong. That's a rugged piece of watch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be probably keeping it as much as I can. I'm not a big person of the likes of those who change their watches every year or so. Right, so. right. Or a watch that can cost, you know, similar not to a, a Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking because we're going to start this morning off, Ryan, with two corporate stories about timekeeping. And one might say one has to do with the seamy underside of the watch business. The other is about innovation and treading a different path. Now, both stories feature locally listed companies. So let's get to it. Let's start with the scandal. This has to do with subsidiaries of Watches.com and Incredible Holdings. Hong Kong custom officials have seized some of their goods and arrested their directors and staff who are now out on bail. So what exactly is Watches.com and its subsidiaries accused of doing? Yeah, so it's a case of, in short, alleged fake goods. Uh, So this is where you have, under the laws of Hong Kong, um, they have strict rules which prohibit false trade descriptions and false uh, trademarks. So this is where, apparently, Watches.com has fallen foul off and we had customs officers entering their premises in Tim Tsao in Hong Kong back in August 31st and they seized about 500 watches amounting to a book value of some $30,000. So they, so far, Watches.com have kind of pushed back to say, you know, all the watches that were seized are real and genuine. So kind of refuting uh, what's happening right now. So false trade descriptions forged trademarks as well part of this story. Company officials say it is their quote clear and firm belief that the watcher sees are real and genuine. What do you make of this story? It's a tough one to tell because it's going to be based on what you read in reports without actually looking at the watches and even if I look at the watches I probably wouldn't be able to tell. So here is something that's going to probably be dragging out for quite some time. So you have CTLs, firm signs that have done nothing improper or illegal, let alone criminal. So you have the management, uh, in this case, Executive Director Kristen Hellison, as well as a sales employee. They had to go to customs headquarters. No details on whether they were arrested, so to speak, but they were cooperating. Uh, So far on that front, it has not escalated to a very severe stage. And Watches.com has been saying they don't expect any material impact on the business yet. So it's going to be one to watch for more developments. Yes, shares of Watches.com tumbled 25% on the news yesterday. Incredible holding shares, meanwhile, they're almost worthless. They're trading at just a fraction of one cent 
All right, our next watch story this morning, listeners, is more upbeat. It's about Cortina Holdings, which acquired Sincere Fine Watches last year. Our sister publication, The Business Times, is running a story about Cortina this morning, which focuses on its business model, namely a plan to focus on independent brands rather than better-known watches like Rolex and Patek Philippe. So why is Cortina Holdings doing this? What is behind this shift? Yeah, in some sense, it has no choice but to do so. So it has to turn to the likes of the independents because the big boys, uh, those names you just mentioned, are starting to cut out the middleman. So this means selling direct to consumers or customers and pretty much leaving the middleman, in this case, Cortina and Tinsel Fine Watches, having to scramble for alternatives. And in this case, they think the independent space is one they can grow in, and maybe they can. Mm-hmm. Among the watch brands that Cortina and Sincere are now promoting are Grubel 4C, Gronfeld, Hajime Asaoka, and Moretz Grossman. None of these brands are tied to big watch groups like Swatch uh, or Richemont. And while these brand names are not well known to the average buyer, they do not come cheap. Their prices start at $30,000 and they go into the millions. So what do you make of uh, Cortina's shift into these independent brands? Do you think it will succeed? There is a chance it might succeed because there is the demand for independent watches uh, as they have been around for quite a long time. And as you pointed out, their price tags are quite hefty. So they do, in some sense, have a following. And I think if uh, Sincere Fine Watches can pretty much do what they did with the watches they've been doing for many years, they can pull it off. So it's just a case of having a different watch in the display case, so to speak. Yeah, Cortina holding shares are trading lower now than they were in January. But if you compare Cortina's share price to where it was trading pre-pandemic, it is significantly higher. All right, I'm going to switch now from what's strapped on our wrists to social media. And yeah, it's time for the Elon Musk files. Haven't dived into them in quite a while. Elon Musk's legal battle with Twitter is heating up. And this morning, Twitter's lawyers are going on the offensive. They've been scrolling through Musk's emails, his text messages with his financial backers. And they believe they've come up with evidence to show that Musk wants to back out of the $44 billion deal to buy Twitter due to buyer's remorse rather than any concern about the social network spam or the bot's account. So what have they found? What is their case? This is like a Netflix long-running series (laughs) with one episode dropping every week. And in today's episode, we have Twitter's lawyers using text messages from Elon Musk showing that he apparently tried to convince his bankers from pulling off the deal too fast, essentially making them slow down a bit. So one of the text messages apparently told them to slow down the process until after Russian President Vladimir Putin gave a speech uh, the following day, during which we saw him defending his decision to invade Ukraine. And that text message said, it wouldn't make sense to buy Twitter if we are heading into World War Three. So that is... And the Twitter lawyer's belief, a reflection of how there was bias remorse. Goodness me. Twitter is also fighting back against claims made by whistleblower Peter Zatko, who alleges that Twitter misled the public and its own brand about the extent of the company's cybersecurity and spam problems. Elon Musk's legal team has subpoenaed Zatko to testify in its lawsuit against Twitter. So how is Twitter responding to this? 
Yeah, so it is pretty much a case of he says, she says, I think. And here you have the lawyer for Twitter saying the whistleblower, Peter Zatko, did not raise any issues around spam until he took to the courts to raise all these issues as part of his wider whistleblower complaint. So when he was at work, he did not raise them until he whistle blew. So that's pretty much um, the accusation that he has somewhat of a different agenda recently only and in a way parroting what the allegations from Elon Musk is um, painting against Twitter and Twitter's lawyers are calling it very, very strange. So it's going to be up to imagination in terms of what conclusions they are trying to draw here. So really casting aspersions on Peter Zatko. From Twitter, I want to switch gears to a device that many listeners use to read their tweets. I am, of course, talking about your iPhone. And all eyes are going to be on Cupertino, California tonight as Apple holds its annual launch event. So, Ryan... Give us a breakdown. What are iPhone watchers expecting? What are you looking forward to finding out? Yeah, it's all about iPhone 14. And this is where we are possibly getting four new iPhone models. Mm. And of course, um, it will have likely faster processors, possibly bigger screens, and possibly higher prices as well. That will be the big one to watch out for. How much can they push the envelope when it comes to prices because of what's happening right now, the cost of living going up? Will people be able to digest a bigger price tag and will they be willing to pay for more? And, and on that front as well, will they maybe have a budget iPhone to cater for those in the lower bracket? So that's going to be interesting to watch out for in the iPhone space. Uh, you also have the Apple Watch space. Mm. So we could be due to get an 8 reiteration of the watch and this possibly with a Pro version as well. And also on the software front, we could be getting an update to the iPhone software iOS 16. So new features could be installed, for example, the ability to customize the iPhone's lock screen with widgets that can display, for example, weather forecasts, calendar appointments. Now, for Android users, you will be surprised because you already have it on your phone. Really? So this could be something for Apple users to finally catch up on as well. So that's what's in store for the event. When Steve Jobs was leading Apple, he had a reputation. He'd use the phrase, one more thing during launch events, and then he would roll out something groundbreaking. Mm. So, you know, observers have said that we haven't seen this one more thing moment in recent times. What are the chances that there will be that one more thing moment during tonight's event? Yeah, one more thing has been no more for quite some time. So <laughs> maybe tonight, there could be some slight hope of um, something new being announced and there's some whispers going on about how that could be an announcement of a what's called a satellite connection technology for iPhones. So, so in short, it's going to help iPhone users be able to stay connected even when they are off the beaten path like on a cruise ship, for example, or hiking. hiking or anywhere where you typically might not get the traditional coverage from your telco. So that's uh, one to watch and maybe also why they have called their event far out. Mm, that's a good read. Apple's competitors, Meta and Google, have announced dates for their own launch events. Google is expected to launch new phones and its first watch on October the 6th. Meta will likely launch a new headset several days 
after that. Shifting gears once again. U.S. markets finished lower overnight. Tech stocks were amongst the biggest losers. The Nasdaq fell three quarters of a percent. The Dow finished down half a percent. One of the biggest stories, Ryan, and one that could cast a long shadow over markets for some time to come, has to do with Russia's supply of gas to Europe. Simply put, Moscow is turning off the pipeline. Fill us in. Yeah, I am going to lay it out in the form of a story and it has three characters. You have one, the Kremlin spokesperson, you have Gazprom and you have Siemens. So just to recap how we end up here, over the weekend we had Gazprom saying they would have to halt their gas pipeline supply to what they call maintenance. Uh, So this was a bit of a surprise. So indefinitely, they have no deadline. So that's what's causing a lot of panic in Europe and many policymakers are trying to figure out what's happening and they will have an emergency meeting on Friday to sort that out and maybe even have um, some form of sanctions on Russia. So here we have the Kremlin spokesperson coming out to say, hey, it is the economic sanctions Mm. at fault because of all these sanctions, they are not able to operate the pipeline properly. And the maintenance is tough to pull off due to things like insurance, uh, legal guarantees because of all these sanctions. So that's in some uh, indirect way, the sanctions preventing the maintenance of the pipeline. So they are pretty much blaming the West for the sanctions. And then you have Gazprom saying that they will not resume gas flows until Siemens Energy repairs the pipeline. So they are pretty much passing the buck on to Siemens. And then you have Siemens saying now, they are not currently commissioned by Gazprom to do maintenance work on a turbine with the suspected oil leak. So that's the main issue here, the oil leak from the turbine. Uh, but it remains on standby to do so. So Siemens Energy says it cannot comprehend this new representation based on information provided to them over the weekend. So they are saying they are not actually doing any maintenance. Russia, uh, according to... Who do you believe, Michelle? Um, Eurasia Group in a research note. So they say that Russia's move to, again, cut gas to the EU as the region scrambles to fill its inventories just ahead of winter is a further escalation of its policy to inflict economic pain through repeated supply cuts to Germany. And it's clear you're seeing Russia weaponize natural gas. It's going to be a story to watch out for. It's going to be What's a story we going to happen on Friday during that meeting. And of course, the retaliation that comes through from Russia. I think it will be an action-packed Monday. Let's check in on how stocks are doing this morning, though. It's Wednesday, the 7th of September. Semcorp Industries was one of the biggest gainers amongst the blue chips yesterday. It jumped 4.5% on news that it is selling its Indian coal business for $2 billion. That is the stock's highest level in more than four years. Jardine Cycling Carriage also chalked up strong gains. Overall, the STI finished up 0.3% yesterday at 32.24. 20 minutes into the local trading day, 9.20 on the clock. So how's the STI doing this morning, Ryan? Yeah, from slight gains yesterday to slightly more losses so far this morning. It's down 0.6%. At 3,204, so pretty much in line with what's happening across the region. At the bottom, we have Wilma International down 1.5%, followed by Sats and Yangjiajiang. Both of them down at least 1%. The banks are also in the red. Let's take a look at the top of the table. Only three counters in the green, and they are Janine Saka and Carriage up 1%, Janine Matheson Holdings up 
0.9%. And Dairy Farm International up 0.4%. Let's take a quick look at where we are for Sankop Industries. After that huge jump yesterday, it's now giving back some of those gains. It's down 0.6% at 3.46. Thanks very much. Now, before I let you go, the latest box office stats are in from the long Labor Day weekend over in the United States. And the number one film is a bit of a surprise. It's also testament to the lack of new movies that are coming out of Hollywood. In fact, the number one film this past weekend is a film that made its debut more than eight months ago and then it disappeared from charts. What is it, Ryan? It is Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm actually not a fan of this one. I haven't seen it yet, so... You're not missing much. (laughs) Sony re-released the film. There's 11 minutes of extra footage. I don't know. It's number one in North America over Labor Day. Yeah, but I think it's interesting how you paint it out or how you outline there is a lack of original content. It's all these sequels making a chance again and again. And it was just not too long ago. Top Gun, which... (laughs) How many years ago was it? (laughs) When it was out? Yes, Top the first Gun. one. Oh, the first one. Gosh, was it? I have no idea. Top about the 90s, yeah. 18. Um, but Top Gun Maverick doing really well in its 15th week uh, weekend of release. Have you seen that one yet? It is on my two-watch list. Yeah, uh, my so. two. <laughs> and it is going to be soon. Come on, movie makers, make more movies. Anyway, thanks very much, Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.